0: going to continue our, our study through uh, the 52 verses, Every Believer Should Know. Now I'll, uh, I'll point out again, that I didn't choose these. <laughs> um, not that I disagree, I'm just saying I didn't. It's, it's from O.S. Hawkins' book, The Joshua Code, 52 Verses Every Believer Should Know. And so uh, um, we find ourselves in Ephesians chapter 5 today. And for the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about God, the Holy Spirit. Now, we don't often do that, honestly. We often talk about the the ministry of the Holy Spirit sort of as a side thing. You know, if we're honest, us Baptists, we have kind of a complicated relationship with the Holy Spirit because we pray for the Holy Spirit, we desire the Holy Spirit, and then we're actually kind of afraid He might come. And, and, and we, we pray for His power, but then try and... Limit the power, you know. We try and to uh, come and 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 empower, but just this, <laughs> we uh, we have kind of a complicated relationship with the Holy Spirit as Baptists. But the the Bible is clear about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to see in these verses the, the the incredible promises that we have in the Holy Spirit. So we're going to be in Ephesians chapter five now. Hawkins, in his book, he dials, he he zeroes in on verse 18. I'm going to put some context to that. I want to look at all of the promises that are listed here. So we're going to look, we're going to start in verse 15 and go down through verse 20. So again, it will be up here behind me, but if you want to follow along in your Bible, Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 15. Pay careful attention, then, to how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time, because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for everything to God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to do this in in the, the way that we've been doing it since the first of the year, kind of the study tips. We're going to ask the so what's. I've read scripture, so what does this say about God? So what does it say about me? And so what do I need to do now that I know this about God and about myself? And then we're going to kind of look at verse 18, phrase by phrase. So let's start with, what does this say about God? Well, look at the promises here. Look at the promises. Verse 15 says that we can have wisdom for life. And verse 16 says that it drives home the point that we can be in the timing of God. Now, both of these things, from a worldly perspective, we don't want. We don't want God's timing. We want God to be on our timing, right? And we don't necessarily want God to give us wisdom for life because it seems like we're, we can we can manage life on our own. But in the power of the Holy Spirit, in, in, in the empowerment of God the Holy Spirit, we can have the wisdom of God and we can have His timing. We can understand the timing of God. Then the... Then in verse 17, it says that the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, desires us to know the will of God. You know, the will of God doesn't, uh, isn't something that he wants to keep hidden from us. We act as if we don't, we don't ever know what the will of God is because he like hides it from us. That's not what, what happens. He wants us to know. It says so right here. The Holy Spirit desires you to know the will of the Father. And so if we are empowered by the Holy Spirit, then we will know the will of God for us. We will understand not only his wisdom and his timing, but we will understand his will for us if we live in the Holy Spirit. Verse 18 says, it is is really about control. Now I'm going to talk about this more later, but this verse is often used... As, uh, as kind of an excuse to how much you can drink. It says, not be drunk, don't be drunk with wine so we can drink a little. And, and, and frankly, I don't, while I don't think that the Bible specifically prohibits alcohol, I will tell you, this verse is not about alcohol. It's not about wine at all. So verse 18 is about being under the influence of something. And the, 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 it's a metaphor And the metaphor here is to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit, not under the influence, like we are under the influence of alcohol. It's it's about giving up control. Oh, we hate that. We hate giving up control. We want to be in control. But this is about letting the Holy Spirit guide us and, and give us wisdom and give us God's timing and give us God's will and let us know The life we were supposed to live. The life we're meant to live. Once we deal with our sin at the cross, then this is the life we were meant to live. So verse 18 tells us that God desires us to know his will. And the Holy Spirit is the mediator of that will. Verse 19 tells us that, that God wants us to live in harmony with each other. He desires that we live in harmony with each other. Now, only in church does this happen. i got to tell you, if, if we know anything from watching the news, it's that people don't like being together, right? We don't like being alone, but we don't like being together either. We want to be our, our nation, our government, everything is so divisive right now. It's not about harmony. It's about staking out your ground and being against something. The Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit, wants us to be in harmony with each other, and it only happens in church it, it's not a matter of, of political will, it's not a matter of compromise it's not a matter of, of, of uh, working things through. it is literally the ministry of the Holy Spirit that allows us to be together and care for one another we We care about each other even though we have vastly different uh, lifestyles, I would say, uh, jobs, uh, interests, vastly different, even within this little congregation, and yet we have a common goal and we have the, in, in common the fact that we need Jesus. And so we have this harmony, <clears throat> a harmony that only the Holy Spirit can give. Hawkins, in his book, Uh, makes a great point about verse 19. He also talks about the, the, the song in your heart. The song in your heart. Do you go home with a song in your heart? Do you have a song in your heart about who God is and what God has done? You know, every week at the end of this service, we sing at least part of or a full song at the end because we want that song in your head. We want that. It's our desire as a worship team to stick that song in your head so that later today that, that chorus is still coming th- going through your mind. We desire that the Holy Spirit drive that song into your heart so that you have that song in your heart that day. And hopefully for a few days, there's some of the songs we sing, uh, I, I have the chorus in my head till Wednesday. We, only Christianity gives us a song in our heart, only Christianity because we know our our sin is dealt with, if we are trying to work our way to heaven through some religious system, then all we're going to have in our heart is guilt for not doing enough. We have a song in our heart because we know our sin's dealt with. We have a song in our heart because we know Christ died on the cross to save us, that God loves us this much. We We have a song in our heart because of Jesus and because the Holy Spirit drives it into us. Verse 20 says that, that God the Holy Spirit desires us to have an attitude of gratitude. An attitude of gratitude. Now, we're, it's pretty easy to thank God for the good stuff, although we usually forget. And it's, and it's hard to thank God for the hard stuff. But remember Romans eight twenty eight, Everything working together for your good. And so we have an attitude of gratitude because because we know that the creator of the universe loves us enough to knock off some rough edges with some hard times. To file off a little here and there to make us who he meant us to be. So we have an attitude of gratitude. So what does this say about us? It says we need the wisdom of God for life. Now, again, this is not something that we think about on a daily basis. We generally take the big stuff to God, but we figure the little stuff is, is for us to handle. That isn't what this says. This says we need his wisdom for life, for life, for all of life. We need his wisdom. It says that, that we can have this life, this life that, that's talked about here with, with all of the power, all of the, the knowing the will of God, knowing the timing of God, having the wisdom of life, having a song in our heart, having, uh, having an attitude of, of gratitude, all of these things, this is a life we can have. They're here to remind us we can live this life. This is the life we were meant to live. This is the life that Adam and Eve had before sin. This is the life that that we are meant to have through Christ. We are meant to have this kind of empowered life through Christ. So what do we need to do? Verse 18 is the key. We need to surrender power. We need to surrender control. You know, God's, uh, God's economy, you've heard me say it several times from this platform, God's economy is totally different. When we, the more we surrender, the more we conquer, the more we win. The more we give, the more we, we will receive. The more we submit our power, our own power, the more powerful we will become. God's economy works different. And if we are under the, the if we submit control and are under the influence of the Holy Spirit, then this is the life we can have. We can have this kind of empowered life by surrendering. And that's what we need to do. We need to surrender. And I will say again, I know this is hard, and I know this is countercultural. We, all we talk about in our culture is power. Who's got it? Who doesn't? Let me tell you, God's got it. We don't. There you go. And if you want it, you get it from him. And and if you want to get it from him, you've got to surrender your own. Jesus said, take up your cross daily, die to yourself, and follow me. We surrender our power to God's and become more powerful than we could ever have imagined. That's what we need to do. Submit. So, let's kind of look at this uh, uh, phrase by phrase. And don't get drunk with wine. I said at the beginning, and I'll say again, this isn't about how much you can drink. It is a metaphor. It's a metaphor about being under control of something. And so, since it's not actually about alcohol or wine, as it says here, then let's talk about the metaphor. Let's explore the metaphor a bit. Uh, First of all, when someone takes a drink of alcohol, 30 to 35% of the alcohol is immediately in the bloodstream through the stomach lining. 30 to 35 percent of it. The rest of it as it goes the rest of the way through your system, but but about a third of it is immediately in your your system. So as soon as it's in the bloodstream, it's, it has an effect on every biological tissue in your body. Every single one. Your brain, your organs, your muscles, your tendons, everything within literally seconds your entire body is affected by alcohol. And and the effects, uh, the long-term effects of alcohol are well documented in our society. Unfortunately, the truth is the majority of people in our culture know somebody with an alcohol problem or have had somebody in their family with an alcohol problem. Almost every family is affected with the negative effects of alcohol. So your brain, your muscles, your tendons, every living cell being empowered by the Holy Spirit is the point. It isn't about alcohol. Alcohol is a metaphor. It is about you being completely under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Think about that. Think about every move you make being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Every thought that goes through your head. Every beat of your heart. Every breath you take, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that's the possibility that we're told in these verses. That's what we're told we can have. It's not about wine. It's about how we can be fully under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And then uh, the next phrase, which leads to reckless living. As I said, the sad fact is the majority of families today in this church and in our society the vast majority know someone affected by alcohol that the the negative side effects that it's not just reckless living frankly i think it's destruction destruction we don't have to have that we can be under the influence of the holy spirit instead and be filled but be filled by the spirit you know think back Acts chapter 2 is Pentecost. And, and at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes upon all believers for the first time. And what did they say about the disciples when the, when the Holy Spirit came? They said, they're drunk. Those guys have been into the new wine. The, the idea of the influence of the Holy Spirit causing us to be more and different than we were prior goes all the way back to Pentecost, all the way back to the birth of the Holy Spirit in, in, in the world. So this idea that, that we are under the influence of the Holy Spirit and therefore acting differently starts began at the beginning from, from Acts chapter 2, and that's the point here, that we can be under the, the influence of the Holy Spirit so that we are completely different than we are now. And then it, be filled, but be filled by the Holy Spirit. Be filled is a present, passive imperative. Now present means it's ongoing. It's something that's constantly happening. Passive means it's happening to us, in us, and through us. Not, we're not the agents of it. God is. And imperative means it's a command. We are commanded literally in this verse to be consistently filled with the Holy Spirit. It isn't a one-time thing. It isn't a, a, you don't get enough on Sunday morning to make to next Sunday. It is a consistent, ongoing being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's, That's what this verse promises. That's what this verse commands us to do consistently and constantly be filled by the Holy Spirit. So here are the promises that are in this verse. Let me recap the promises that are in this verse. If we surrender control and are under the influence of the Holy Spirit, we have wisdom for life. We have wisdom to live this life. This life can be hard. Why not take advantage of, of the wisdom of God as we live it. We can be in tune with God's timing. Instead of trying to get God on our timing, we can be in His. We can be on, in, in tune with His timing. We can know the will of God for your life. For each of us, we can know His will for us if we surrender control. We can have every fiber of our being every biological function under the influence of the Holy Spirit, under the influence of God, it says here. We can have harmony with other believers like we have at church all the time. We can have a song in our heart all the time about who God is and what God has done for us. And we can have an attitude of gratitude that always drives us, that is always there Even in the hard times. That's the promises of surrendering to the Holy Spirit, of surrendering influence to the Holy Spirit. Each of us came here under some power. Whose was it? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and and consider that question Are you controlled by the Holy Spirit? Is there parts of your life that aren't so empowered by the Holy Spirit? Or are you under the influence of the Holy Spirit today? Maybe you need to take a step of faith toward Christ. The Holy Spirit comes when we surrender our life to Christ. And so maybe you need to take that step. And that step is as simple as a prayer. Follow along with me in your own words. And say, God, I know that I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I'm going to trust that Jesus died to pay my price. To pay the price for my sin. And I'm going to ask that you forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. And I ask you to fill my life. Fill my life, Holy Spirit, that I might be, live an empowered life today. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. And let one of our deacons know. Elbow your neighbor and let them know that you surrendered to Christ today. Each one of us needs to surrender to the Holy Spirit. All of us, including me, have areas of our lives that, that we run in our own power. So let's take a moment right now to surrender. Father, we thank you for these verses. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the ministry of these verses in our hearts. We thank you for illuminating the areas of our lives that we have been controlling ourselves. And we, right now, right here, submit all we are to you. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is Pastor Jim from Porter Mountain Fellowship. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. These are sermons from our 10.30 a.m. service on Sundays. If you're in the neighborhood, stop by. We're on the corner of Porter Mountain Road and Commerce Drive in beautiful Lakeside, Arizona.